Well, it's good to see everybody here. This is the first Sunday of the new year, and I don't know if it feels any different to you, but uh, it, it is something you get in the calendar year. And so uh, this is, I guess, what we call a New Year's sermon, but it's more of a, um, I guess, hope and warning as well as some, um, some grace. So in this passage we've just heard read, Jesus gives us this parable, and he says there's this man uh, who owns this fig tree that was planted in his vineyard, and um, it's a pretty common thing during Jesus' time. Vineyards were very, very common. That's why Jesus uses this in a parable, because he's using something that's common to everybody, that everyone's familiar with, uh, to teach something, because it was an agrarian society. And fig trees were very common in Israel as well. They were very valuable. Fig trees, they, they grew up to maybe 25 feet, maybe 20, 20 feet wide. They, they were kind of dense trees, and, and the fruit of those trees were like small plums or maybe large cherries in its size. They grew and they flourished in the vineyards all the time. And so this is a very common reality to the people during Jesus' time, even though it's uncommon to us. And Jesus uses this common reality to speak this parable. Now, the thing you need to understand about Jesus, when he gives you a parable, it, it's pretty f straightforward um, in a sense that there's always three characters or three players in his parables. And it's the same in this parable. There's the vineyard owner, then there's this gardener, this vine dresser, and then there's the fig tree itself. So three players here in this parable. And so as people have read this or heard this, it would be understood by everybody. This man had a fig tree who had been there in his vineyard for a while. It's been there, in fact, three years. And then something unexpected happens. The owner comes by looking for some fruit, and he didn't find any. In verse 7, it says, look. The word look here in the Greek literally means behold, look. It's a, it's a word that indicates surprise. It's not expected. And he says, three years I've been coming to this tree looking for fruit on this fig tree, and I haven't found any. So let's just cut it down. And you can almost hear the level of irritation, uh, almost a level of frustration, maybe even of anger, and justifiably so, because it's his fruit tree, and it's not producing. It's useless. I mean, why does it even use the ground, he's thinking? Just cut it down. It's a, it's a waste of dirt. It's a waste of space. Let's just get rid of it, start over. What do you do when a tree in your, in your garden isn't producing? The normal thing people did was just simply cut it down. But then in comes this vine dresser, this gardener, and he intercedes on behalf of the fig tree. And he tells the landowner, let it alone. Don't cut it down now for this year too. Let it alone until I dig around it and put in manure. And that's the end of the parable. That's the end of the sermon, right? So in this parable, the vineyard owner is frustrated. Uh, the, his tree is not producing. The vineyard owner is ready to just chop it down. The tree had its chance. It will never be anything but useless. So the guy might as well just cut his losses, just cut it down. It's been three years. It's long enough. It's the normal thing to do. The gardener comes in, and he pleads the landowner, one more year. Just one more year. A year when he can upturn the soil and maybe add a little fertilizer and then see what happens. And we assume that's what happens. That this fig tree should have been cut down, but if it wasn't for this vine dresser, this gardener, who pleads for it, it should have been removed, but instead it gets to live one more year. In other words, the fig tree continues to live on borrowed time. Now let me give you the typical 
interpretation of this verse or these verses because typically we would say this each character in the parable represents someone so the landowner would be God the, the vine dresser would be Jesus and in our passage the fig tree is Israel and so Jesus is talking to the Israelites who had been given enormous opportunities to sit under God's word. They, they see the sacraments of the Old Testament. They have the temple of the living God. Year after year, these Jews, they would see the sacrifices. Week after week, they could be in the synagogue service. They would hear his word read and proclaimed. They would sing back his word to them, and they would pray to him according to his word. They had all the things they did. Like Isaiah chapter 5, Israel says they were planted on a fertile hill. They were blessed with everything that God could give them. Romans chapter 9, they had the revelation of God, they had the Bible, they had the prophets, they had the scriptures, they had the covenants, they had it all. And yet, Israel at this point was not producing. They were not growing, they were not maturing, they were not living out what they had. And they still remained, metaphorically speaking, fruitless. They didn't produce, they didn't grow, they didn't mature, they didn't live the faith that they confessed to God. So God, the vineyard, vineyard owner, he's the judge, right? And he's going to judge. He says, I'm going to get rid of this nation. But the vine dresser says, no. Give the people one more year. And that's how normally you hear it. Because of the vine dresser, Jesus Christ, because of his grace, Israel, it gets to live on borrowed time. Just one more year and let's see what happens. Now, how do I apply this to yourself? Well, quickly, you might ask yourself the same question if you want to take this interpretation. You know, you ask yourself the question in the past year, in 2019, of all the successes and of all the failures or all the setbacks you've experienced in this past year, maybe one question we might ask in reflection is this. Have you grown? Are you producing? Are you evidencing the faith that you confess today, in the past year, have you matured? And if not, well, well, why not? Because just like Israel, Second Peter says, but by his divine power, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Peter says, you have, just like Israel, every resource right now to be godly. You have everything you need for the life of godliness. You've got his word, you've got his spirit, you've got his church. You've got his fellowship, you've got community groups, you've got Bible studies, you've got prayer meetings, you have his son by faith, so, so why not grow? And so, maybe this year, 2020, one more year. And so that's how normally you would hear this passage interpreted, right? One more year. Maybe this year we pray for growth, right? Maturity, speaking, uh, spiritually speaking. But here's how I want to see it. Because as I was reading this passage... I took a little different spin, and I asked myself the question, of the three players here in this parable, which one do I relate with the most? Which character, the vineyard owner, the gardener, or the fig tree? I don't know if you made any New Year's resolutions this year. I, some of us, we stopped doing that a long time ago because, number one, we, we don't really keep it to the end of the year anyways, and so maybe you don't really do that stuff. But oftentimes, as I think about myself, I... I relate to the poor fig tree in our parable today. I relate to the fig tree. This is going to be a little bit of a venting session, okay? This is just for me, right? But I relate to the fig tree. This fig tree that, for whatever reason, just can't produce. 
And I feel like this sometimes, not just infrequently, maybe you too. This, this feeling that you just can't produce. You just can't do or make things work the way you want it to work. To bear fruit. And when I say fruit, I mean fruit in the things that you hoped for but didn't work out. Fruit like the things you didn't want to happen in your life but happened anyway. Things that maybe you were working for and praying for, but in 2019, it just didn't happen. Maybe fruit, like things you want to change about yourself or in others or change in your situation, but it didn't happen. It's not working and you're just feeling like you're just unable to produce. Maybe the results at your work. You want to make a difference, do something different. Or you want to change things in your home, your marriage, your children, your relationship. Be different. But it's just, it didn't work out. And you feel like this, unabil- this inability to produce this, this improvement that you're looking for, this fruit that you're looking for, this in your relationship with your family, maybe with your children, your friends. You've been trying to accomplish something maybe this past year. Maybe you feel like it's just not happening. You feel like this fig tree. Right? In a way. Unable to start that exercise program that you know you need. Unable to make your life more spiritual. Unable to keep the kitchen clean. And sometimes we just give up. So I relate. I relate with the fig tree. But what about the vineyard owner? Who's that? And most of us assume in this parable that God is the vineyard owner. And and maybe, probably that's a good interpretation. But the thing is, he sounds impatient and angry and ready to judge this pathetic fruitlessness and destroy it for its uh, shortcomings. And that doesn't quite always sound like the God who came to dwell with us with full grace and truth who doles out forgiveness like candy and eats with sinners and invites everyone to his table. The vineyard owner, when I read this, it, it sounds like me. It sounds like me too. I can relate with this vineyard owner. You know, um, when I was a little kid, I still remember this. The, the, the project was, I want you to make a pyramid with all these blocks. And all the blocks have different colors. The blue, the yellow, the green, the red. And I want you to use all the colors for one row. And then all the colors for the next row. And all the colors for the third row and so on and so forth. And so I remember building these, this, this pyramid with these little toy blocks, trying to get all the blues and all the yellows and all the reds. And by the time I got to the top and I was ready to put the green one right on top, just one block left, I realized, I looked there, there's a yellow block I didn't put in. I forgot it. And now i got to start all over. So what do kids do in that frustration? In my frustration, in my anger, I wrecked the whole thing. I've got to start over. I mean, I just go wreck it, Ralph, on this block, you know, and, and I said, forget it. What's the point? Right? You ever feel like this? Because it hasn't changed since I've grown. The vineyard owner here, when I read it, sounds a little impatient and maybe even a little judgmental. If it's God, he's right to be judgmental. If it's not, if it's me, it's judgmental. And I relate with that because I'm the one who's also impatient. And oftentimes, I'm a judgmental person with myself. I'm wondering why I can never pull off the things I say I want. There are moments I don't know if you've ever felt like this. There are moments in my life where I say this. My life stinks. 
I want to use a different word for stinks because there are children in here. I'm not going to use it, right? My life stinks. I think about, you know, sometimes you think about, maybe think about your marriage. Marriage is too hard. Marriage stinks. Family situation stinks. My parenting stinks. Work always stinks. I mean, when do I get to win? And, you know, it's just like I'm just judging myself and being hard, you know. Not only on myself, but on others, especially others. You know, just the other day, you know, the kids hate it when I use them as an illustration, all right. So I'm not going to tell you which kid it is, but this one's going to college next week or next year. And, um, you know, he's not here today in this, in this area. So one of them is talking about college. And he goes, Dad, you know what? I don't think college is for me. Maybe college is not for me. And you know what I thought the moment you said that? In my head, my kid stinks. I didn't say that. That's what I felt, right? I'm judging others. I mean, he's just kidding, right? And so am I, kind of. But, uh, you know, you ever get into that moment? You feel like the vineyard owner. You're looking at others and you're looking for fruit. And you're wondering, why aren't they doing anything? Why are others who seem to have everything going for them still not going anywhere with it? Oh, he's, he's never going to change. Forget him. How long do I've got, how long do I have to deal with her? She's on my blacklist. How much more can I handle this situation, this person, this relation? I'm done. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I'm sick of that boss. I'm tired of that coworker. I'm drained by that so-called friend. I'm annoyed by that fellow church member or family member. I'm done with them. And then you become like that vineyard owner or you become like that little kid. You want to just cut it all down. You want to wreck it like Ralph. Right? And so in this parable, when I read it, I feel like both the vineyard owner and the fig tree all at once. Like I'm my own defendant, judge, and jury at the same time. And, and I'd like to say and stand here and say this only feels like once in a while, but oftentimes more than others. I am impatient with myself, but also with others. You ever get like this? I am the tree and the vineyard at the same time. Both the one who does not produce and the one who harshly judges the lack of production in others. That's me, maybe that's some of you, but so where's the hope then in this passage? Well, the way I see it, who is the gardener? Who is the vine dresser? And it's definitely not me, because he is the one in this parable, he's the one in our lives who steps in with a big sledgehammer of grace and intercedes and advocates for us, and he says to us, one more year. How do I know that's Jesus? Because when you read Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, he says this, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. He lives to intercede for us. That's Jesus. That's the vine dresser, the gardener in this story. You might be like the, the owner here, where you look at everyone and everything around you, and they're never living up to your expectations. 
Or you might be like the fig tree here. that You feel like you are not producing the things that you want to do in your life. Or maybe you feel like both. But Jesus is the gardener. And he's pleading our case. He's praying for us this year. He's the one in our life. He's still gardening. He's still growing our lives. He's still digging deeper into our lives, into our hearts. He's sprinkling more water. He's spreading more fertilizer, so to speak, so that we might grow, mature, produce the fruitful lives of faith. How does that work? How's that going to work this year? You look in our passage, what does the vine dresser say to the owner that he's going to do? help this fig tree grow. He says, I'm going to dig around it, and I'm going to put manure on it. Manure. You know what manure is? It's crap. 2019, I don't know about you, I was feeling sick most of the year. It was a crap year. And maybe, maybe, one of the ways we grow or that God makes us grow is when we feel like all we get is crap. Maybe the manure is there, that it happens, that sometimes it hits the fan to test us, to challenge us, maybe through it to make us more dependent, not on ourselves, but maybe others and maybe on God. Maybe the crap is there to humble us, to bring us to our knees so that we actually pray and ask for help. Sometimes crap is just crap. But sometimes, and many times, maybe it's an opportunity to grow in a way that we would never grow unless we experienced it. And in this parable, Jesus says he's working with that. Jesus says to us today, he's working with that in our lives to give us just not just one more day, Not one more week, but maybe one more month and one more year. Another year, another month, another week, another day. This is what God is like. Like he's offering an endless deferment on your student loans, right? One more year. Not only to receive grace, but to be more gracious, to experience more love, to share more mercy. And some of you are thinking, oh, yeah, maybe next year, maybe next year, maybe next year. No, no, it's got to be this year, this year. Here's the thing, just like that fig tree, just like Israel, we're on borrowed time. We're on borrowed time. You ever think about this? It's got to be now. We all live on borrowed time. We've made it this far because of his grace. But we never know what's going to happen in 2020. We don't know what what calamities might take us. We, We don't know what things might happen to us. We don't know what illness might catch us. And so every moment, every day, every year, every year, it matters and it counts. One more year you've been given by grace. One more year to do what needs to be done. One more year to believe that you really are the beloved child of God that he's claimed you to be. One more year to trust in God more than money or more than people. You've got one more year to to forgive others. One more year to be forgiven. One more year to be faithful and to put your mistakes and your trials behind you, or better, to see them as fertilizer that God puts around you so that you could produce a kind of fruit. 
to experience God's grace. One more year, love through rough moments, as well as wonderful friends and a blessed community. We're given one more year to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and to be fed at the table of his grace. One more year for me to to spread the manure of God's grace in the gospel and fertilize your souls. One more year to help someone, to love someone like God loved you, even your enemies. We've been given more time to grow in patience, to pray for reconciliation, to be more merciful, to produce the kind of fruit that he wants to see in your life by his grace and his grace alone. This is the God we see in Jesus Christ. A God who tells our inner, cynical, judgy, vineyard owner self to relax because you're a beloved child of God who is named and claimed and forgiven as his very own to be more patient and gracious. And at the same time, This is the God in Jesus Christ who tells our unproductive, unfruitful, things never working out for me, trust me. I'm not done working in you yet. Give it time. I'm the vine dresser. I'm pleading, I'm praying. I've banked my life on what I will do in yours right now, this year. That's your hope. This year. So to all of you, God again says, just like he says to Israel, he says to us, by undeserved grace, one more year, a new year. Whoever knows, who knows whatever comes our way, but new year with new mercies is yours today.